Absolutely, of course. Yeah, I'd have to be a madman. Okay, good. I guess doesn't know what they're missing. They don't know what they're missing. <laughs> Some say it's the best dance anyone's ever seen. <laughs> Let's get to the scores. Here we go. Hey, my name is Will with a seven. Gummy Dose Crime with a seven. Chief Richie with a seven. Anfield Lord with a seven. Geesbrick with a seven. I am Ahab with a six and a half. Zach Richard with a full seven. Tech and Shay with a seven. OC and Best Friends with a six and a half. Ashton Kutcher with a six. Maddie Mac with a five. Dark Lord DDKO with a seven. Kevsell with a six and a half. Better with a six and a half. Torque Friend one with a six. Seesaw with 55 with a six. Pacefall with a five and a half. Al B19 with a six. Sludge Williams with a six. Teague 17 17 with a six. Dennis Nerdwork with a six. Ryan PM with a full seven. Kenanza with a six. Pacefall with a five and a half. Double X307 with a six. Danny Rocha with a six. No clue what this is with a six and a half. VZ with a six. The Kenner Huge with a six, Corvax 1266 with a six and a half, the Narwhal with a six. Zoops, where do we find you? How does that uh, average maybe what? Five, seven, five? Uh there's a lot of there's a lot of sixes and a lot of sevens. Six I would probably say five? the average. Yeah, I'd say the average is, is a is a, a a good measure over a six, but probably not a strong six and a half. Um interesting, 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 interesting. Pretty low, lower than I expected. Not that I I don't know. Not that I thought the days of like unanimous sevens are all that common on Dynamite, but I sort of felt tonight was like that's a pretty big, that's a big feel show that I think had big feel moments. And uh, for me, like beginning and end, you have like a strong, a single matches you can ask for. Forget on free TV, like in any situation. Uh, I thought main event Joe live up live up to the hype. Ooh. Did he ever? And and you get, you know, one of the special moments that we tune in for week in and week out is to get Eddie finally wins the big one. And that happened too. So um, for me, like there's some, some other stuff happens on this show that I think your mileage probably varies on, but that gets bookended for me so strongly um, that it's quite literally a no-brainer seven for me this week. How do you score bookended grace, greatness with dog shit in the middle? Like the two best pieces of bread and just like <laughs> deli meat, like unspecified gray meat in between like artisanal, beautiful cranberry <laughs> walnut bread, something to that. Because uh, Zoops, I find this one, if there was ever a time for my brain to go to the coward seven, it would be tonight. But I, I'm not doing it. I would, I, mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't do that. But I mean, Dynamite hit such highs tonight that are like all time highs in some way. Mm -hmm. Um and so even though you're going to hear me tear into stuff on this show, I got to give it the seven. If this, if this, again, the, the metric for me is if this is what dynamite was every week, how into it would I be? If you get Eddie Gigson versus Claudio Castagnoli and Joe MJF on every week of dynamite, this show would be the biggest no brainer viewing experience of my life. So I actually do give it despite that. This might be the most uneven seven I could ever give, uh -huh. uh, but the peaks there's things to remember from this dynamite. The five and a halves I give out, I couldn't tell you anything about them. I'll tell you about this grand slam at the end of the year. And for that, a seven. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like you could have, there's a lot of episodes of dynamite, right? Where you could, I guess, make the same argument. It's like, well, you got two great moments and everything else, but like the, we're talking about like an hour of, of the show, right? You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's not your average. This was two matches on TV. It's like the first True. one is about 26, 28 minutes of television. And the back one is 20 plus minutes as well. So it's like, half of the show is that greatness to me carries it um and i i i'm guessing you're lower on some things then than i am of, of, i outright hated some stuff on the show of the cat shit writing exciting it's exciting because there's only so many things on the show so it's pretty easy to pick from what you're probably talking about gumby does crimes thank you very much uh, donating a sip for the working man zoom so, you know, bio steel's going out of business bio steel I did, I did know that yeah guess what they're selling these for at safeway 
I'm gonna say one dollar. One dollar, Bob. I got BioSteel for a month. You should see this my guy. I'm drowning in it. I got nothing but BioSteel. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Super uh, so. athlete mode. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, going very athlete mode. So thank you, Gumby. Here's to you. Delicious. Tonight's episode of AW Dynamite opens backstage where Claudio Castagnoli looking replacent, uh, looking glowing, looking all time. Well, this is the best Claudio Castagnoli look in ever in his yeah, Misawa so. tights and his silver Rivera jacket with Wheeler Yuta young boy at his side out walks Claudio Castagnoli ring of honor world champion. We are going to go long on this match. So Zoobs talk to me about Claudio this moment and how he's been as he does drop it here as the ring of honor world champion as a member of uh bcc so when claudio first came over i remember making a big to do about it and being like uh very well positioned as like an extremely high on claudio guy maybe and the biggest claudio like, guy i know actually you and matt ironically the two biggest claudio guys i know and sort of being like, I see the world with this guy, and it it seems pretty easy to me, and and sort of laying out a, like what the blueprint should be, and they've more or less done that, right? He's the dominant guy at the top of the division in ROH, who pure one on one skill cannot be touched by anybody. Basically, is the story they're telling here that that Marx is tougher, and and Danielson is better technically, but in ROH where it's where it's pure and clean. Um, and, and you get by on, on the wrestling total package skill, nobody can touch Claudio. He's, he's the guy. And, it, you know, it, it's been really cool to sort of see him, I don't want to say realize that, but you were totally right. The Ribera stake, like it, it was the perfect look, uh, for him. It, it, he looked awesome. I loved even that he throws the huge knee at Wheeler backstage and catches him in the gut. Um, so I have to give kudos there. Um, really is impressive. And, and you're like, it is just this easy. But, it, it, you know, it, it also isn't always that easy. But a great, 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 great sort of example of he gets elevated as well because Eddie is such a perfect foil for that, right? Eddie yes. is such a perfect such a perfect guy. And you can even even, even do the, like, Claudio's weaknesses is, is, you know, he gets blown away in these interview segments, right? It's sort of uh, a pretty Mind easy thing game. to point at. But it it also is just sort of like the, each guy has strengths and weaknesses, right? Like Claudio, eventually, the fact that Eddie has that emotion, that Eddie had Eddie has the we call it the promo ability, but that ability to draw from his true emotion, that ends up being why Eddie wins, right? Like that ends up being the difference, and it's uh, really beautiful. I think I think you know it also helps. I, I watched this. I watched the seven minute thing they put up on YouTube. It was just like laying out their history and all their matches. Um, that stuff helps. Um, and of course, I mean, I'm so speaking of the, the whole Claudio build, which was the first sort of focus on this, uh, the Eddie build where we've we sort of, they've allowed it to naturally happen where people are just like, Eddie is the top baby face. It's hard to not look like it's, it would be insane for, to, to put anybody above him. And it's like, they're like, all right, we're giving him the win in his hometown over the perfect, like ostensibly Claudio is the heel, but he's sort of like, it, he's a heel in that he's like a wrestling machine. Mm -hmm. And like, Eddie hates him because he doesn't do the business, but to Claudio, it's just like, I'm just an efficient machine rolling forward. Like, I, that's how I dominate. That's what makes me great. Um, and that they're able to draw from all that. They'd had great callbacks in this match to how both of their 
uh, matches and pinfalls in uh, AEW have happened with that Hurricane Rana into the roll-up, and then that was one of them, and then there was a flash uh, uppercut earlier uh, in their in their history that was a pinfall. They really drew on a ton of great stuff, and I mean, wrestling is all about Eddie winning the big one in his hometown. That's what that's like. That's what this is all about. Uh, they have my two favorite matches of the year together. Is what I would hmm. say. <laughs> um, it's great. I'm I'm thrilled and and. You know, Eddie is great at a lot of things, and I think the number one thing that I am most impressed by is um, how much it means to him and and what a good job they've done of outlining that it means so much to him and why, right? Like, Claudio won the ROH Championship, and Jericho won the ROH Championship, uh, and those were big moments, but they didn't outline, like, Eddie Kingston is adding his name to all these people that he idolizes, that he grew up watching and learning from was in the locker room for all that they really have done a beautiful job of painting like everything means so much to eddie and and through him it gets to mean a lot to us and uh wrestling obviously means a lot to us because we all we all sort of um love this shit so much and and it means a lot to eddie too and i think it's sort of like a license um to really enjoy it in the way that in the way that you can and 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 enjoy it in the way that Eddie Kingston does. Uh, I think enjoying Eddie Kingston for me right now is enjoying wrestling. Okay. So it's my job to follow that. Just immaculately put. You want uh, me to Josh? Yeah, yeah. It actually might be nice to have you buffer here. If you have anything to say about this one, phone ring or a fart noise would be great. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, I take it back. You're already umming it on. I, I, I will, I will go from here. Zoops. <laughs> one of my favorite tropes in media is the performer versus the technician. I think people know if they follow me on Twitter, uh, I love the movie The Prestige, and I sort of joke about it, but it plays with this trope a lot. What's ultimately better, to be somebody who can perform or to somebody who can do it to the letter? And this is Claudio versus Eddie, the technician versus the performer to me, where Claudio is 100% technician. As you called him a machine, and all due respect to Brian Cage, that is exactly the perfect way to describe Claudio, especially in this feud, an unstoppable machine of which Eddie Kingston, who is 100% performer, must combat that. And this becomes, we talk a lot about how the best wrestling matches are clashes of style and feel different from other wrestling matches. And this match just immediately announces itself as such. Uh, I'm sure you loved this moment too, where they have this big chop exchange in the corner then Claudio just puffs out his chest and starts walking out of the corner like Terminator, like, you can't hurt me, Eddie. Eddie chops two more times. And then with, like, the spirit of Terry Funk, it's just like, fuck you, fires a huge straight right down the pipeline, drops Claudio. It's like, it's you don't want to reduce it to something as sort of, you know, trite as no flips, just fists or something like that. But in that, and there's something in Joe MJF I'll point out too, but, like, in that moment, there really is a lot to be extracted about what I like about pro wrestling, where these guys are just having this dynamic that feels realistic to happen in an actual fight. When it's like somebody is gaining bravado as they start to go numb in the one spot and your arm's tired, so you're not hitting with that strike as hard as the first one that came in. But then this guy's hubris as he walks forward, you're just like, wait, Queens, New York, like knuckle up. The world is cold. Better bundle up. Here comes Eddie Kingston, drop some. They do the back body drop onto the ramp. This is like very brutal out the gate. But then these guys start to pay homage to the gear they're wearing. And it's a very all Japan finish here. And Eddie in the black and yellow Kawada gear, who this week I, I learned on Twitter, 
was expressly told or expressively, whichever word you say there, by Kawada being like, you should finish with my power bomb in your next match. Is there a level of fulfillment like having your idol be like, okay, go out there, use my move, wear you a title. Then you dressed as him against your rival dressed as his rival. You pin him with the power bomb. I mean, you talk about to enjoy Eddie Kingston is to enjoy wrestling. Like it's because he's creating these very easy meta narratives to grab onto left and right. He's giving you every reason to care about him. You know, his story, or at least, you know, the character of Eddie Kingston, the, the mad King, you know what that guy is into. And then you see him explore it in the ring. And there's so many things to say about this match. Eddie Kingston loves, I don't know if this guy, and this is why he's such a great pro wrestler. I don't know if this guy is like me and he's exhausted three minutes into grappling and he looks exhausted. I'm a guy, I'm blown up immediately at jujitsu, red in the face. I start to sweat at me. I can still go for a while, but I, I just look blown up all the time. I don't know if Eddie Kingston is like that or if he's doing it. Because this guy is selling tired like two minutes into the match. But it's just fantastic because he immediately feels like he's like, every time this guy's mounting offense, it feels like he's inhaling and taking everything he has left and firing up again and again and again. Tiger drivers in this match. The, the chop, parry. And then the headbutt from Claudio. He finally sees the chops coming. Enough of that. Parries it away. Launches a massive headbutt. There's just a million sequences in this match that I can't wait to go back and watch because it is the Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli dynamic not only rocks, but it's one that we are like very aware of at this point, which is nice. Beautifully put, um, beautifully pointed out some of that stuff. Uh, couldn't agree more. The the it makes you it makes you it makes you just like feel good in the in the very core middle of your body. I think when you see like you mentioned, like just the thought of like. Eddie Kingston's life, which he's been so open about talking about, like there must have been so many points when he just assumed nothing would happen for him. And just like the reality, like we, we've, you and I have been through many different creative pursuits in our lives. And you hit a point, I think, in some of these creative pursuits where you're like, it's not going to happen, right? I'm not playing the sold out shows in the, in a, in a, like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to sell out a, a big venue. It's not going to happen for me. And, in, in, you know, you sort of have those thoughts when you're, when you're pursuing anything. And on that yeah. road, it's never level. Um, and then he, it, like the road he ends up getting to go on is he goes to the G1 and he wins the title in Japan. And like you said, like his idol is like, you shouldn't finish with the Northern Lights bomb. You should finish with my power bomb. And then the next time you get to finish with it is in your hometown in the right. big, like in, in a stadium show for the title that you've been chasing for the entire 20 years against your biggest rival. Uh, you're wearing the colors, you're doing the homages and people are getting it. Like people are getting and appreciating what you're doing as well. And you have a huge audience for it. You're the star of the show. Like you're the, you're the guy that everyone's there to see and support. Um, you just, it just makes you so happy that he's getting to do it. And uh, man, it's what it's all about. It's sort of, it's sort of funny when I think of AEW when I think of the, the, the early success stories things like hangman and, and sort of being like yeah this is what aw is for it's for hangman page it's for like the we're gonna make some stars here it's so incredible that it part of that has also been like also like we're gonna find guys like eddie kingston that have been at this forever and they are really gonna get their flowers in a way that they never expected um i think we just saw the briscoes starting to get that and i think eddie kingston getting it is like 
really truly amazing and you, you sort of have this belief that like man eddie's is gonna eddie's now you're like man where's eddie gonna go down in our generation the, the next few years that he has to put together here the aging eddie kingston stuff the what he does where he goes it's it's really cool and and um you know clearly for both of us like gets us gets us really in our in our thoughts and feelings about why we love this stuff in the first place and i'm um, just thankful that we're in a spot where moments like eddie kingston getting his flowers get to happen and i get to even be informed of it and know about it because i didn't even you know mostly i just read it didn't even i didn't even really know and ever really fully appreciate but since the moment eddie kingston stepped on screen in aew he's been somebody that's just like i can't keep my eyes and my heart off of and it's uh it's awesome dude this is as good as it gets for me i thought he made a <clears throat> interesting creative decision after the match he didn't do like a big explosive celebration he didn't grab the belt, run around. I, and he did the same thing with the strong openweight title, I should mention, too. He's almost in, like, disbelief, like me. And he's like, thanks, New York. Like, okay. So we've got a show to do here, Zoobs. Let me throw a question your way. Where does this lead Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli next? And do we ever see them collide again? I think you keep them apart for a little bit. I'm interested. I've sort of had some thoughts this week uh, in the middle of this show where I was like, hmm, I don't know that I, I don't know that I, you know, if, if, if with, with the mock situation and the way tonight went down, it's like, I don't know. I, I might, you might, I might curtly end the BCC here. I might, Ooh. I might, I might cut bait with the BCC. I might cut bait. I sort of feel Would you like do an of, angle to break them up or are they just sort of all go their I think they all they're all like, hey, we need to we need to fucking we're all we all took big L's here. Mox and Mox and uh Claudio took some tough L's. Mox is maybe hurt. Um and like Danielson, I don't know. For Danielson, it's like he's doing this one last year babyface run. I, like, does he really need to even have the He does he feel have, sort of separate from the BC. Right? right? They're all this has sort of been part of the problem. I think with how with the whole group is they're all sort of doing this like where heels ready faces were a group. I I you know, yeah. I would I would I would maybe go Daniels and ISO on collision and and say Mox needs to rest up and and Claudio's it's just Claudio and and Wheeler sort of as a as you said, um a, a heavyweight and a young boy. Sort of I, I see it. They tag up occasionally and yeah. You know they're all still affiliated, but I don't know that they need to be BCC. To further your point, I think Bobby Burritos is right that Danielson's probably losing to Starks. Uh, on Saturday on Collision in a match I am very excited for, by the way. But uh, yeah, I do yeah. expect uh, Starks to pick up the win there. So that's actually a really good, a good shout. I could see it happening, but I don't know that we're seeing Mox in the next couple of weeks. More, more on that later. But uh, I wouldn't be counting on that as a, any sort of a surety. Yeah, and maybe you shouldn't even. I also it's so weird to go and make such a small point from the very beginning of this. But I did love the contrast of Claudio's backstage with Wheeler, and he's the man in charge. And pre-match, Eddie is backstage with Pentagon, who he does not speak the same language as. And Alex happened to hunt this. It's just the like, all right, boys, here I go. Like, knuckle up. And Alex is like, oh, get him, Tiger. It's like, it's such a weird collision of people. I love it. Eddie and Pentagon got to be two of the coolest guys in human history hanging out. Yeah, I agree. Cool, cool, cool crew. And suit Penta, that's right. That's, that's as well. That's well. Not, not just Penta. G. Richie, yeah coming together when required but have their own shit going could very much be sort of like how new day did that at one point just never had like some big breakup angle they're just like okay i'm going singles i'm going here you're going there Ryback's yeah. i could see that mind <laughs> yeah also yeah of course yes. they never had their True. they had that one great scene backstage where they haven't seen each other for a while and axel goes 
big guy? And Ryback goes, hey, Axeman. <laughs> really good stuff. <laughs> it used to be the only show on. Isn't that something? <laughs> it sure did. Yeah. It really the only show you could watch if you liked wrestling. Um, one more question here for you, Zooms. I'm not gonna make you rank them, but are their first I suppose you sort of answered this, but their first match was a match of the year, high contender for you, my match of the year. Did this match with the Eddie win at the end uh manage to overcome that or at least enter a similar tier, or does the TV commercial break thing just a little too limiting? It's hard to say because in the moment in the moment. I was like really blown away by the first one as well. And sort of, it does have that, it has that allure of like, is does the satisfaction of the Eddie win overweigh how much, like how gut wrenching the first loss was right there, but yeah. they're both, they both, it was both so strong, the emotion that they conjure up. I don't know. The, the, the stadium, like it's funny that you mentioned the, on one hand, like the pay-per-view and the other hand, it's a TV, but on the one hand, like it's a giant stadium show versus like, they have headlined the ROH pay-per-view, which was like big and helps them. But like, this is Arthur Ashe and it's sort of like a Lynch pin moment. And it's so big for Eddie. It's hard to separate the moment from the match. You know what I yeah. mean? In terms, of, in terms of ranking them. It actually reminds me of the relationship a lot between the MJF CM Punk TV match and MJF CM Punk pay-per-view match where the TV match is a lot more sort of dripping in story. And yeah. the pay-per-view match is a little bit more aggressive i guess we'll say dog collar i did find the first eddie and claudio match a lot not a lot more hard hitting but there were moments in that where claudio was tossing eddie suplexing and this was a bit more fighting will strikes dodging so it's nice that they can have two different matches but i I probably will watch them both tomorrow back to back if i'm being honest because i think that they probably play really nicely as a one-two punch that's a good day i do and sorry i know we're going forever on this match but i knew we would I want to throw something to you. You're saying BCC might break up. If Mox is off for a while, I'm ha- I'm having Claudio take the international title. How do you how does that Ooh. hit your ears? I do like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Have him get having get it back over Phoenix on on like this Wednesday, like really mm-hmm. quick. Just be like, nope. It's still we're still we're still the guys. It still it still runs through us. And then you have Claudio week in week out doing the defenses. I think that works really nicely. I think it's a great spot for him. When you say no talking guy that I want to see wrestle every week, uh, you're saying yeah. Claudio Castagnoli. And yeah. if this is an opportunity for him to do that, and you're always going to have this thing in the back of your brain, like, was well, Eddie going to, Eddie still sort of beat Eddie. Eddie's got the ROH title, but, but Claudio's got the international. He sort of moved up the card, even in the loss. Like there'll be this thing in the back of your mind. For Eddie, um, I <laughs> selfishly hope they don't use him to try and revitalize Ring of Honor television. Uh, I need him on dynamite right so just throwing that out there as well as great as it is him winning the ring of honor title i want his matches resolving on aw pay-per-views and playing out on dynamite so but eddie isn't a guy who needs to hold on to that title he can lose it in the next one he needs to beat claudio he can lose he doesn't need to defend it um so yeah i really thought this was great autumn was saying how do i make this a one minute clip I think this whole thing's going on YouTube. Josh and Zoob's beam about uh, Claudia <laughs> yeah. Eddie. This is the one big clip of the week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what? very little else to add. In terms of Eddie next, yeah. I mean, I'll still see if he cuts promos on Ring of Honor, I'll still see them on Twitter. <laughs> 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 They'll yeah. pop up. They have been. 
Um, I would love, yeah. to your point though. I would love to, I would love for him to be a part of Dynamite every week because we're here watching that show uh, on, on on Twitch. And he's our number one rooted interest. I would say rooting interest. Yes, I would say so. Uh, yeah, but I I don't even know what the ROH roster looks like, so I couldn't even I couldn't even begin to. Ashton Kutcher's right. If Mox is out, they need Eddie more than ever. And also, I thought that that was probably the direction they were heading, Eddie versus Mox. So that might be a little interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah, you have, you'll have, I mean, you have time to get to it slowly. You don't have to rush to it. For sure. Big opening to Dynamite. One of my favorite matches of the year. I love these guys. And we move on to Roderick Strong. He's laid up in the hospital zoobs from Samoa Joe last week. You remember that. And he's there with the kingdom. <laughs> Matt Taven and Mike Bennett are are beside him, and they are saying that they wish they were as, as neck strong as him, and they are <laughs> talking about how how wonderful Roddy is and how strong he is, and then who comes to check in on Roderick Strong? But Adam Cole, baby, who comes in, and there's this tension. You know, you got Roddy in the bed, and the the two camps, and Adam Cole. You can tell Roddy's a lot happier that Adam Cole actually came than he is that. Kingdom were there. It's it's I don't, everybody knows this dynamic, like the more important friend. And they're yes. like, oh yeah, these guys. Yeah, these guys are always around. But I'd way rather be hanging out with this guy. You're seeing this play out. I thought this was very funny. Everybody was doing their role uh, extremely nicely. As Cole goes to leave, I again we, we we might be at three funny moments on Dynamite this year, which for me is an all time record. As Roddy is very slowly elevating the hospital bed, like one second, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's actually funny to me. Like, no, I don't need any qualifiers. That is funny to me. It's just I'm like, this is good. So uh, credit to these guys, uh, and we move this forward. We'll get a little bit more about this on the show later. I can't believe it. I am really enjoying Taven and Bennett. Oh yeah, man. like like really like really enjoying them. Like like. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. That I think it was Taven. They're on the way out. And David turns back to Cole. And he says, that's what you wear when you're in mourning, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cole's shirt. just in a t-shirt. <laughs> like, that's what you wear when you're in mourning. Yeah. Killer. <laughs> and, yeah, and Taven. In all black. And... <laughs> they're both in all black. It's fucking so. I was like, man. You t- when you talk about three funny moments on dynamite that's what i thought you were referencing that had me rolling i was like that is good shit man uh reading the cards out um i was really impressed i can't believe it i can't believe it this is the truth because i truly can't believe that i'm sitting here and being like we talk about the highlights of this major show i have a kingdom joke uh third right like (laughs) doesn't feel like a giant drop off after eddie claudio when you go to the kingdom no. It's pretty impressive. Credit to everybody involved. And Cole. We're not big Adam Cole guys either. No. So. <laughs> of all the top card guys, I think, you know, Cole's one of the guys we're lowest on. I couldn't have I couldn't have possibly begged them to give me less Roddy Strong out of the gate. And I would I couldn't have done a harder jerk-off motion towards the idea of ROH stable kingdom getting AEW time. And they've been uh, they've been man, everybody in the vortex of this fucking story has just been good, crazy. MJF is good. good, man. Everyone that enters his orbit, if they're decent, I can't say everybody because Pillman Jr. True. and Wheeler Yuta got in hand. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you look at like Wardlow, right? We had, we had, people, had people yeah. believing that like Wardlow was like the next great big man just from yeah. being in his in his vicinity. A great orbit to find yourself within. 
Uh, we go backstage to Christian and Luchasaurus. I would sort of a generic get them on the show promo here. Um, I always like hearing from Christian, but I didn't think this was like his finest hour or anything. This was all right. I didn't. I didn't really get why we were doing two promos in a row. I, I don't know. It's all. It was all right. Yeah, uh, I don't even remember this at all. To be frank with you, makes sense. Okay, so <laughs> I'm I'm in a good mood at this point in the show, right? Yeah, Eddie's won the title. Mad King. Uh, Eddie's won the title. I thought the Claudio performance was an all timer. I thought the Kingdom thing was funny. And now I knew that Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara were going to have a task ahead of them to keep me engaged. But I, I was like, I'm willing to give this a very real shot. I mean, I'm really feeling the show. Jericho, I'm talking myself in the door. You know what? Jericho and Grand Slam makes a lot of sense. He's one of the biggest stars. You might have some extra eyeballs. Good to have him on the show. And then out comes Sammy Guevara with a gentleman named Mute Easy wrapping him out. But the song is also playing. So you've got yes, and rap right. shows do do this sometimes. Uh, of course. Yes, before. yes, yes. Um, but the effect when you're walking somebody out is something about it just feels like off or second rent to me. Well, um, it, it's that like the Sammy Guevara theme song isn't a song that it's not Judas. It's not. Right. You know what I mean? It's like it's not a song that we know. Cult of I had never clearly heard the words of the song until tonight, frankly. Other than Sammy Guevara. I hadn't yeah. heard a single part of the song. Me neither. You're right. You're totally right. Um, Guevara's here. He's got the Y2J jacket as a vest. And then the Mania 19 blue and silver. That's actually my favorite Jericho gear ever. So good good show by Sammy Guevara. But then Zoobs, the bell rang. And I was swiftly reminded, oh, right. Sammy Guevara's not my guy. He doesn't have it at all. I don't give a fuck about this. And this is the day one Chris Jericho ally blow off match and aid, not blow off, but uh, respect angle separation. And I, I just thought this was God, this is a sore effort after watching Eddie and Claudia, the gall of these guys to build to a big chop sequence. I was like, did you see what, did you watch the last match? What about that? I was like, what if we did it at half speed and half as hard right after <laughs> <laughs> I was, I don't know, I was just, I I was, I'm not saying this is the worst match in the world, but Jericho was exhausted at, by the, the tail end of it. Although I must say, to Jericho's credit, he was very tired or like borderline. I thought he was maybe even dazed at one point. He seems so sort of plodding. But then he does the move where he catches Sammy out of the air, catches the ankles to twist over to the walls of Jericho. And it is like, it reminds me of this old clip of a uh, famous Russian wrestler, Alexander Karolev, where he's very old and he's like trying to talk through how to do this wrestling move, obviously to a youth. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll just show you. And he like gets someone out. And this old man who's like moving to the mats can still wrestle fluidly. Like the muscle memory of once he's in motion, it's like, wow, look at this old guy go. No problem. Jericho, once he had him here and it's like, oh, we're going to this sequence. I was like, oh my God, you could, you could shoot this guy with a gun and he could do that. <laughs> you could. He'd be like, like Jericho, the Boston Crab, double Boston. Okay, man, he can still do it, and it is impressive to be able to do that. But the rest of this match, I mean, I'll praise the Lion Salt because Jericho got such little height on it that it looked like a Muta style, like super aggressive one. But yeah, I, I didn't enjoy this match. Uh, so an absolute death spot, right? Like we're coming off the the emotional high of the year, maybe uh, in the open, and it's two guys that we don't care about, and uh, like you said, I mean, 
they did they ran the package uh last week i think it was or the week was, before yeah. they ran a package recently about their history together and you sort of watch it you're like yeah Sammy Guevara is like the exact same guy still like he he did basically like yeah he got pregnant and uh married but like in ring and story guy he's the same dude like it's the same he's still doing am i going to be with chris jericho or not right it's like he's been doing it for four years um <laughs> when you compare it to the other pillars and where they were and, wh- and where they are now he's been a jericho lackey that may or may not turn the whole time sometimes he turns for a little bit and he comes back and sometimes he doesn't turn when you think he would he's been happy he's been a good guy and a bad guy but the everything else is the exact same there was a there was a small feud with cody in there uh in year two and then it's been back to the same old crap right uh for him so yeah it's crazy that this is how the blow-off felt um but you gotta just like it's just like they gotta just get away from this he's just gotta get away from jericho yeah you have to it's good lord because he's been there doing the same thing the whole time and it's gotten him nowhere he's he's no more over he's benefited zero from it he's no more over for low-blowing old ass exhausted ass Chris Jericho at the end only because Don Callis comes down is there any heat at all on it so um it's good that he just moves forward because he needs to grow into change into something before I say anything about that soups I am going to get to our first of three keep it or kickets of the evening as you stumbled right on into one this is the broadcasting instincts of the zoos he couldn't he couldn't turn this off if he wanted to and on Sundays he goes I don't want to be this guy what a rest and he can't (laughs) cannot do it because we're going to get to our first three keep it or kicks in the evening you all know the rules it's uh, very simple if you like the prompt you head over to your emotes bar you keep it if you don't you kick it i read them out we find out what the opinion is it's great great fun we'll do it three times here's the first keep it or kick it sammy guevara in the callus family family the callus family saying zoom pretty good split here i think i think i think we're leaning kick but i think it's a pretty good split i think it starts with cadenza with a kick it starts with ashton kutcher with a kick and then bobby riddles with a kick and then sludge williams with a kick gritchy with a keep uh dane derosha with a kick uh ab19 with a kick so a lot of kicks out of the gate and then keep from maddie mac kick from pace file keep from vz kick from skookum skookum welcome back narwhal with a kick I am Ahab with a keep. No clue what this is, but they keep. Corvax 1266. Sammy is kicked under any circumstances. Irish Mac 21 kick. Am I doing it right? Kick. Danny DeRosha. Question could just be Sammy Guevara. My answer is still kick. Uh, it seems like it's like an 80% kick there. And where would you be on this one, Zeus? 
I probably lean kick too. Callis Henley seems like a thing that's going to be on the show, and I don't want to watch Sammy Guevara on this show. I'm sick of doing this. I've done this so many times where it's like, what about what about Sammy Guevara done no this more way? Chance. And it's like, I just don't want to watch it, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, be funny if they were like, ah, we're kicking you out actually because you're a loser and nobody likes you. It's it's uh, this is Paul Heyman managing Curtis Axel is sort of where we are with, with this one, right? It's, one of the rare Paul Heyman misses, Mike Knox, Curtis Axel. There aren't many. Um, yeah, man, kick for me as well. I'm with the chat on this one, uh, and I'm even more severe. I, I'd say I'm in outright hater territory. There's no scenario you could present to me, none. Don't try it, not one that I would say, Oh, yeah, I'd be into that. Then my preferred situation is Sammy Guevara not on dynamite. That is my, yeah, there's no, I would prefer someone else in any role, like that somebody else isn't in this spot already. And the Callis family is pissing me off. Gonna go out yeah. there, him trying to like look psychotic and vicious before we low blow Jericho. I was like, This is gonna. Ugh. We are in for a long one. <laughs> and people forget, obviously, Callis is one of the best promos in the company, but Osprey can promo too, and he's going to come in and join that. And like, Sam, Sam G, come on, man. No kick. Yeah, agree. No. Sammy Guevara, no. I, I like the finish of the match, though. Like the rebound Judas effect out of nowhere and a good sell by Sammy. That was cool. Yeah, cool. Very cool. And now we go backstage. MJF arrives in a Lamborghini. Have you been in a Lamborghini before, Zoops? No, I've not. You yeah. have, I assume. Yeah. No, I haven't. How about you, Matt? Yep. You have been? Yeah, you guys strike me as Lambo guys. Not going to lie. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I can't um, drive it much, but uh, when I do, it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah, sits in the garage for most of the year because of the weather. No, it's my. I, I sort of I leave it on the street parking. I don't have a garage. I can't afford a garage. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's with all the damn car. People saying um, people saying green Porsche. People saying green Porsche, not a not a Lambo. Oh, that makes a lot of oh, sense. Oh, in that case, then yeah, obviously. Yeah, sorry. Been, I, I no, that's sorry. my bad. I, I have obviously I have we've been in about. Porsche. Yeah, obviously yeah, we've been in Porsche. Goes without yeah. saying. Uh, and that also makes sense that I was wrong about that. I don't know anything about cars. Um, I will. Oh, I meant to say this about something I have done earlier though. Uh, this is a little bit of a diversion. I apologize, Zeus. You know, Claudio Castagnoli was wearing that Ribera jacket earlier. Mm -hmm. I went to that steakhouse when I was in Japan with Mike Noble. And I got, and I, you know, everybody's always going, oh, I got so drunk. I got so drunk. I got the drunkest I got in Japan. I mean, I was a man on fire. And they were selling those jackets. And I was like, wow. One of my proudest decisions ever not buying that jacket. It would have been an incredibly poser thing to do. Right. Uh, you have to be given it. You have to be a wrestler. I almost did it, but I stopped myself and I'm glad I did. That snake was just man. okay. But the, the art on the walls was phenomenal. I they had bet. a hilarious picture of John Cena. Loved it. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, sorry, everybody. Wow. People very passionate that it was a Porsche. I didn't, oh, people know their cars, man. They, they can't. Car guys. That's that's my bad. Cool. I thought the, the green was obviously beautiful. They only do green in the 2022 ones. So that's a 2022. And uh, but as Cole and MJF are entering the building, Cole gets a call from Roderick Strong, who needs his help. Go in, Max. I'll catch up. These guys are always planting seeds. It's good. I literally, this segment I bought, I was like, oh, Joe could win tonight, couldn't he? Like, this could, Cole could cost Max here. JS604 like, saying they focused in on the logo. I have great news. He can do the note taking for the show. That's that. You know what? <laughs> this is fucking fan. J DM me please on Twitter. People I'll think, car, people think cars are cool. People and you think, take the note. You, know? you make sure to get the car right. This will be phenomenal. <laughs> please. 
complete. Next time, next time Jesus we're just saying Christ. car. Next time we're just gonna say car. They pulled Fuck up their car. Me, man. Christ. Four four wheels. <laughs> yeah, four yeah. Wheels, I should have said four wheel green vehicle. car next time. <laughs> Jesus four wheel vehicle. We didn't get a look at it. We didn't get a look at what kind of vehicle it was. Could have been anything. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. Too high to do that. You're also unfit to. Not a serious offer. Sort of a sort of a horseless carriage. Uh, not familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that tires? Seem to be self-propelled. I uh, don't really. Anyway. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the Ford Model T out there. Zooms actually. That's what they was cranking like a scooter. It. I think it was a foot-powered scooter. Anyway, anyway. Uh, we head backstage next. Renee is with. Don Callis and Sam G, who are now arm in arm, and they and he goes, "All will be explained on Rampage, Renee." And I, I like this. It's like, okay, you're gonna hear from them on Rampage. Get more of an explanation. Good thing to do ten seconds after. And then Dan Garcia is there, standing face to face with Sammy Guevara. And I thought, AW, you have a chance to make this right. You have a chance to make this right. Just have Dan G strangle him out right there, and we we Don Callis can act like nothing and just sub him in. Just sub in Dan Garcia here. However, I think this probably will be a big face role for Daniel Garcia. Hopefully, I just don't care about him for Sam Guevara, but it is what it is. Man, Dan, he's so over, Dan G. He's so over. Like, just seeing him, people are going nuts. Like, you're a wrestler was over. The dance was over. The technician guy was over. Like, he's gotten everything over that he's put his hands on, and then just no follow up. It's maddening. Come on. I'm pretty excited. I think. Thank you, McCann. Huge for a late show subject. Right. That it never happens. Illini copy. Illini hockey. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, man, it does seem like they have. They know that they have the Dan G right there in the pocket. I was waiting for for something, or you know, it's weird. Callis addresses him with like that. Guy, don't worry, this guy's money. This guy's money. Um, it would be funny if they did just swap him in. It can you imagine? qualifier tournament to get into the Callis family. Actually, I shouldn't give Tony Khan any ideas. This will be another tournament. Yeah. Show. The dog Callis family is a 64-man bracket. Any moment now. Well, you know, um, with Callis, it, it, Sam isn't officially in anything. He, he literally just, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, that said, Callis does break up their little uh, face-to-face by going, hang on, hang on, this kid's money. I'm telling you, he's money about Daniel Garcia. <laughs> You have you have to love Don Gallus. He's fantastic in it. this in this role. Um. Okay, Zoops. Before we get to the worst merch match we've ever done, I'd like to give a plug for <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/J0SHC if I can. We're doing the Friday night stream next week. One exclusive stream a month behind that paywall as well. My back catalog of solo wrestling brain episodes, and it is your admission to the best wrestling Discord in the world. Get on in there. Talk to me, Slack, the gang. Everybody's in there. Chat wrestling day in, day out. Patreon.com slash J0SHC. Again, thank you everybody for joining us on tonight's AEW Dudes. Uh, if you need any of this wonderful music we got going on tonight or any sort of sound alerts for your creative project, a song written, reach out to Matt. He does it for us. He can do it for you at Mr. Matty Pie on Twitter. And uh, some of you have taken advantage of this and we really appreciate it. Great way to spread the word of the genius that is Matt musically. Beautiful. Thanks, bud. And now, you're welcome. Oh, boy, Zoops. Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley for the international title. The the former, if leveled down, if that could happen, it would be the All-Atlantic again. It is not. It is the international title here. There's, okay, so 
let's talk in brief about the match, but I suspect that isn't really what we're going to talk about. But the, the match, I thought, was kind of meh. I wasn't that into this match. I just thought it was sort of doing their thing, sort of like walking through it a little bit. Even Ray Phoenix on the to the barricade spot got a ton of height. Did like the Charlotte Flair just like land beside them, like jump super high, just land beside them and then bump. Um, I wasn't into this match before, well, at, really at any point too much. I will say, I, does Ray Phoenix always, I guess I haven't seen a singles entrance from him because uh, him and Mox started brawling on the ramp last time. Does Ray Phoenix always run on the rope in his entrance, in his singles entrance? I think so, but boy, it's been a while since I've seen a Ray Phoenix singles match. Because I thought, if not, I thought he's saying, rest in peace, Commander. That's what I thought. When he was like, pre-match, <laughs> you're going to run on that rope? What are you... <laughs> If command, if this was the territories, the commander was there. You go backstage for a beating. That's all the guy. Yeah, you can't you can't go there and do that with ease, right? Before the match. Uh, so I thought that, but then, oh, what's Battle Breeder saying here? The Phoenix one. I checked the AW website roster page and to see if they updated him as champ, and they did. And Jade Cargill is gone. By Jade and Ray Phoenix. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Um. Okay. So here's in the moment. I actually didn't really take in what happened but then during the commercial break i went and rewound and watched at 0.75 speed so here's what i see in the finishing sequence of this match <clears throat> that ray phoenix hits the first driver on mox i think mox was already a little wobbled earlier in the match something on the outside but i, think I thought he'd gotten concussed before the match even started to the point that uh, that uh Gucci makes but mox seemed barely holding it together from the bell to me interesting okay i, I probably rewatch this match tomorrow too then because you can't take in everything at once yeah yeah um but for sure here's what i saw at the ending the first driver stings him and mox is supposed to win this match again this is all just my opinion mox is supposed to win this match and you see him lying there and you see his mouth move. I'm not a lip reader. I don't know what he said, but my guess is he said something to the extent of I'm stung, pin me. And so Phoenix already has the leg hooked, but the ref has stopped counting because the ref still knows that Mox has to win. So this is supposed to be a kickout spot. The crowd starts booing. They realize what's happening. Ray Phoenix gets Mox up for a second driver, pins him. And Ray Phoenix is your new international champion. Uh, we've seen footage afterwards. Mox did leave on his own feet, but he looks very shaky initially. He looks like somebody who was concussed. I'm not, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you, I've, I watch a lot of combat sports. A lot of, I watch a lot of wrestling. This is just my opinion. I don't actually know anything. I'm not trying to speak as some sort of expert. I'm telling you what I've seen before, and this is what I think is happening. And Mox looks like he was really dinged up, but walks out on his own legs, which is great to see. Is that roughly what you saw there, Zoobs? Yeah, I mean, also considering that I thought Mox was walk, was rocked and wobbly the whole way. I thought I thought early on you had a like you had a lot of like Mox sort of walking around, and even the even the um, commentary was like Mox not moving the way they yeah, were used to. True. Like they they did they called it out very early where I was like, hmm. So I thought maybe uh, I mean the ending obviously I see the same as you. I see him changing the clearly changing the plan. And the ref being the only one who doesn't doesn't pick it up, um, and then having to shift gears, uh, whether it's the first bomb or the or the beginning of the match when they're on the outside and he does the dive, I don't know. But Mox looked really slow, and like Phoenix is running around and sort of 
bouncing off of him and, and and there was some cutoffs and there was some offense and some things but i mostly thought of that as like mox like really dancing on the edge of being in it and whether it was a especially rough uh one at the end or um you know he's so rocked there already that that what would normally maybe he fights through finally fucking really knocks him and he's like ah fuck i really can't i really can't uh keep this going yeah, of all things to pin the guy with, I get why you immediately go, okay, do the move again, because that's what you do in wrestling. If there's a botch, you find a way to get back to that move again, and you execute it. It's what wrestlers do. But man, it's like a driver. It's like, Ray Phoenix, you couldn't, you don't know an STF man. You can't heal hook Mox. <laughs> like, although I, maybe Mox doesn't want to tap or sub. I could legitimately see him being like, no. <laughs> so I am impressed by these people's toughness and awareness in moments uh matt actually brought this up do you want to bring the made the point that you made before we went on air matt because i thought it was well made just about how it's sort of expected of wrestlers in these instances to just okay getting to the end of this match yeah it's it's so it's so harrowing to think of if you are hurt during a match and you want to be you want to stay professional you want to protect the business the match doesn't just end like you have to endure more pain you have to take a bump before that match is over like that doesn't happen in any other sport typically when you're when you're hurt that bad you go down Thank and God. it's over play is over so it's it's just like how many how many injuries do you think over the over wrestling's history have been compounded by just like needing to like the show must go on the match has to end it's absolutely brutal to think that he has to like fall before before the match is over well, i think g richie pointing out the thing that also in a really well-made point i think matt um g richie pointing out the first thing that crossed my mind too which was brian just did this with okada like wrestled with the broken arm I'm like who are these legendary i know you know i'm i'm a i have some arrested development things going on and i look up to wrestlers too much and i know that it's fake but the the these guys are gods thing i mean the toughness to take that when you are stung the courage the stupidity whatever you want to call it it is just a part of this we can all think of matches where it's happened and it is just really an incredible thing to consider and i hope mox is gone for a bit now because he's been needing a vacation forever i don't know if you all saw that interview or the clip from the grand slam interview he did where his doctor told him he has like the arthritis of a guy in his 70s he's like i can't fucking move before noon it's like okay and i believe it because there's been two, two, two well i should say three times two times with aw once with new york where the company looked to this guy and was like we need workhorse guy and he doesn't have the off switch to go okay i guess i'll tone things way down he goes i'm gonna give the people what they want and push myself to the maximum and if this is what it takes i know we all sort of joke about oh mox deserves vacation should go on vacation it's always a thing they always need him but this show is going to be fine without John Moxley, and it has to be if he wants that time. Because when I see something like that, it's like, okay, would my mind goes here. It's like, would fully powered John Moxley have been able to take that and not had the same repercussions? Has he pushed himself too far? Is he that far down the well? Give this guy some time off, some breaks, some breaths. He can come back when we need him. You forget, he, the closest thing he had to a break was a rehab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's this guy has been on just an adventure since he left new york he's not a g1 in that run or you know it's okay let this guy's arthritis drop down to a guy in his 50s how about 
And yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, it's a sad moment, but my respect for Mox is just through the roof. You know, I saw people being like, oh, you can do worse than Ray Phoenix as international champion. I agree, of course, you could do worse than Ray Phoenix as international champion. I don't think it helps that belt very much right now. Uh, I think he's a good challenger for that belt. I think he was swift and was able to do something with Mox in a hard situation, but I don't expect him, nor would I have him have a super long run with this belt. And it's such a shame, Zoobs, because this Orange Cassidy run was so hot, and now there's it feels like there's this not ambiguity or you know maybe i'm being too hard on it looking into it too far ray phoenix is a great wrestler obviously it just i don't know it felt you know you don't like seeing that yeah i mean obviously it's not uh satisfying at all to to know that that's happened but i agree with you on on basically all your points there i think mox having some due time off uh i honestly prefer to like mox comes in and uh defend the belt in like increasingly grueling matches for the next three months like i would honestly rather have mox take a little time off um than do that they have a whole roster of guys who can be talked about with cesaro like they have a whole uh, two dozen guys that you could say this is the guy who doesn't talk and just wrestles every week against increasingly hard challengers like literally there's two dozen people we could put down um there's no problem so yeah you're absolutely right to fill that role I think you can easily do it. And as we said before, like BCC doesn't even really need to be a focus. They've been the focus of the show for so long um, with what Danielson's doing and with, and with some other stuff, they can, they can cool off on this a little bit. And when he comes back, it'll feel huge. Um, I would be leaning heavily into the, let's give Mox some time off here. And, and to your, the point that both of you made about these guys, like going out and continuing and finishing the matches, like, I have so much respect for calling the audible versus being like, we're going to stick to the script and I'll drop the title on Wednesday. Like it, yeah. it just means so much more to me So pro. Um, to have the, f- yeah, it's, it's, exactly right. it's, it's pro it's pro to know that like I can lose and this other guy can win and we can figure it out. It's not the end of the world. We have to rewrite. And, and the one story we were going to tell has to change to this other thing. They can do it. it you can, you can find new challenges. You can find new stories to tell um it's not a problem so i i love that faith and that um ability to sort of change directions it's so much better than than holding on to what it should have been and then we're vacating and we're interim titling it gets murky it's just so much better to say i got hurt and that's why i lost and, and i'll be back you're right that they have a roster of above 20 people that could replace this but the time is now if you are a man heavyweight on that side of the roster the time is now to get over AEW is looking for heroes right now because it's been leaning on Mox at every turn and they may not have him anymore. And again, we don't know. Mox might be back next week for all we know. But you got to take concussions extremely seriously. However however seriously you think you could take them, you got to take them 10 times more seriously than that, in my opinion. And even if Mox is champing at the bit to get back, sometimes you got to stop a guy from himself. And... If you're an AEW and you want to rise the ranks, like, get over, man. Try to be daddy magic. Try to be these people who grab the moments they have because there's going to be people jumping up the cart. There's just going to be after. You can't go back to Jericho. You you just ran through Samoa Joe, who might be your best uh, option in a situation like that if you need a pocket challenger. The time's now. Cadenza saying Dan G, don't hate that. Bobby Burritos, Keith Lee, don't hate that. Yeah, they have the guys. They have the horses. It's one thing they have. It's the, the good wrestlers. That's, that's you gotta the book whole point. Them. Yeah, you gotta book them well. Rest in peace, Commander. 
Could you believe he did that dude running on the I, I mean, he's the, first whole per- thing? he's the first person I saw do it. I, couldn't, I see Commander do it. I don't think he always the first guy I've ever seen do that. Well, so that's what Phoenix does. Get him. A little bit of Zoob's bait here on the show as we get into a Hardy's promo. <laughs> uh, God, these guys have never felt worse, have they? No, she's not good. Um, it's promos with them in the kingdom. Don't care about those. And then best friends. I thought this was a great promo. These these teams are all in contention for the Ring of Honor. I think it's the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Yeah, number one contendership yeah. for those. And uh, it's the Righteous, Best Friends, Kingdom, and Hardys. I don't really care about saying. I want to get your impressions of the Righteous, but I do want to say Best Friends. It's a great, like, 20-second promo where it's, like, sort of self-aware. It's like, all right, I guess one more time. The guys, me and Trent. One more time. We got to, you know, we're in the spot. We got to do it. Like It's very, uh, I don't know, self-aware, charming. I want the belts on these guys at some point. Uh, you, you, I'm guessing you're not too familiar with the righteous, are you, Zoobs? The, the, the white order, you're saying. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, the Zoobs is sinking them before they had a chance the, to swim. The white order. It's the, it's the, it's, you're, doing the same, you're doing the same gimmick. <laughs> So you're guys, this, like, like this guy. This guy order. says. This guy says. I used to say I was weird, but now, now everyone is is, is weird. Now everybody's crazy. So it's <laughs> now I'm not crazy because everyone is crazy. You just ruined their career. They're they're done. <laughs> it's the white. So what did you say? I used to think I was crazy, and then I realized everyone is crazy. Is that... Man, it's, I it's, it's spitting. Somebody's got to help these guys with their presentation because they seem talented. Like, it's not lack of being able to promo, but the, the act is unappealing to me. And I like the, sometimes the, you know, I'm a Brood fan or a Wyatt family fan, or I, I can get in with the, or uh, House of Black. I like the the creepy. I can get into it a little bit more than Zoobs, I think, Broken Matt. But I don't know. I thought this was uh, not, not, uh, not just unappealing, just like a low end act. The the White It family, sort of Wyatt okay. family, says C seven fifty five. All right, all right, you guys, yeah, finish up. These, these guys are these guys are a little crazy. They dress all in white. It's not you may not be. I know what it is. You're jealous of the one guy's dreadlocks. That's what this now, is all familiar. about. You're 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 pretty good up in your AEW lore, right? Sure. You know you know about uh, the House of Black. You know them. Oh boy, do I have a what do I have a <laughs> concept that'll flip your lid? House of White. <laughs> House of White. It's the House of House of White. It's not letting your sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! You guys remember uh, Edge, Gangrel, and Christian? Yeah. Yeah, the Brood. Yeah, the yeah. Brood. How about this one? The White. Yeah. <laughs> You can't Brad follow up all the good ones. Craig! 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 That's not better. 
close. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not really. Like the... Zoom's had a bunch of bullseyes, though. Is the problem yeah. here? So you're like trying to plus one with with like you need a bullseye or a yeah, bullseye. You plus. ever see? You ever see those dart show highlights where like somebody does the craziest thing ever? The other guy is always, always just like also hitting throwing his own dart. He's 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 also <laughs> he's throwing darts and they're hitting his own toe. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just putting bait out there for Slack to dump on the English. All right. Um, I hope the best friends win this. Okay, I yeah. like this next match. Tony Storm, Portrait of a Star. They've gone gold dust with Tony Storm or Vaude Villains, if you like. They've given her a filter over her entrance. She is fully mind broken, old Hollywood starlet at this point. She enters in a uh, black and white filter, and I think it rocks. It's obviously getting, it's working, it's getting over. Um, and she goes out there to have a match with AW World Champion Soraya. And Zoobs, you've uh, informed my broadcasting in so many ways and made me better in a billion ways. And I think that one thing you've really taught me, and it stands out to me on other things that don't do it, is that you can't have everything be a referendum on everybody. Like, every time you see somebody, it can't be the full referendum on that because it just is not how people progress and it doesn't really lead to, like, interesting discussion. Like, I really think that's true and you taught me that. However, we have to compartmentalize that for this one and we are going to have one performance be a referendum on someone are, are we able to, to do that yeah yeah because i feel that way with soraya that every time she does wrestle i at least feel myself still measuring where is she at it still feels weirdly like a question mark given how long her tenure is in aw much less she's the champion there still feels like question marks around her actual in-ring ability to me before I say anything else about this match, is that a crazy thing to say, or do you sort of know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, I I, I get it. I get I get. Is still we're still probably in the single digits of singles matches she's had, um, and it's a different speed to be champion, and it's still not a normal. It's not a normal occurrence that we have a Soraya singles match on the cards. So I I totally get why you, why you would think that it sort of still feels like I don't want to say a special attraction, but a a yeah. real evaluation period in her in her in ring return. I appreciate you saying so because I thought Soraya tonight looked like a smart veteran pro wrestler out there tonight. I mm -hmm. thought she kind of leaned. It, it actually was the most informative performance I felt like she had. The way she was getting through the match told me, okay, Soraya does have some bumps and bruises still. And she's going to do, <laughs> this is the only time I'm going to draw this comparison in the history of my life, sort of a CM Punk-ish run here where it's like, okay, I'm going to go veteran. I'm going to lean on some of my strengths or they don't share strengths here, but it's not athleticism. She's going to lean on her character, these moments in the match. Like it's very WWE, frankly, where it's like there's two, I think, things you everybody will remember from this match, like visuals. And those are things that are very pounded in by Vince McMahon or whoever's running the horrible creative over there. It would make sense that Soraya would carry some of that, maybe Triple H, nine H's. But because I thought the she's doing like just all these screams and anger and character moments and refusal to engage, but it's working for me in the moments where Tony Storm is getting her to wrestle. She's more than capable, outright looking good. And I thought that dynamic played out to a really good match. And this crowd was dead, and Tony Storm brought them to life. When does the women's match bring the crowds alive in AEW? When does that happen? Yeah, yeah. It's how we both enjoyed this. Then, yeah, I I feel similarly. I wasn't feeling uh, there was a referendum, but I, I sort of came away from it as well being like, um, you know, I think you drew, drew a nice comparison there with with a punk run where I was like, right, 
the 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 title reign that we get from Soraya isn't going to be the same as the title reign that we got from Sheeta, where it's like it, right. we go out there and, and it's 15 minutes of like the fastest pace, who does the best, you know, you're doing great moves and you're exchanging these big things. I was like, no, hers is going to be uh, gimmicky, for lack of a better word. You, you did a good job with yeah. moments, but like there'll be distraction this way and looking this way and behind the back and subterfuge and interference and things being untied and in shoe spots. And that's actually, that can be really useful when it's your top champion. And when it's your, when it's your heel champion who is using smarts and, and ring cunning to, to cut the legs out from these challengers and, and the numbers game. And as you said, sort of savvy veteran style, um, it was actually pretty reassuring to me to sort of be like, yeah, yeah. it's good to have different flavors. And, and, you know, how is somebody you're going to have to outsmart her to to beat her versus um, out athlete her. And, and I thought it was a good use of, um, as you said, the Tony thing is getting way over and she's adding wrinkles every single time we see her. And now that having a shoe based offense is really funny and, and will work for her against a lot of different people. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good sign. This was a this was a feel good like I'm reassured about. If they can continue to add depth, this could be uh this could be a, a division that is a very good part of the show week in, week out. Biggest reaction in the match is uh Soraya goes for a kick. Tony Storm catches it. She then kisses Soraya and hits a storm zero for a two count. Enormous reaction from the crowd. Uh, it just occurred to me, and I wrote down here how funny it is that the two people in the company, they both do kiss, they both kiss their opponents and they both do pile drivers. It's John Moxley and Tony Storm. <laughs> Not weird. <laughs> Yeah, they're basically the same person. <laughs> Virtually identical, Joe. And I thought it was a very fun match. Look out for the shoe, says G. Richie, and that's exactly right. Zoobs, our final Keep It or Kick It of the evening coming up right here. Are you ready for Keep It or Let's Kick it? it? Keep It or Kick It. Zoobs, I told you earlier on in the show, I was baited. I thought that we were going to get a Mercedes Monet when they were doing the post-match beatdown with Ruby. I was expecting Mercedes Monet there. And they even let the camera linger it with what? A little weird. All the same, this keep it or kick it. This statement, Mercedes Monet will have wrestled in an AEW ring by the end of the year. Keep it or kick it. 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 Keep it, kick it, keep it, kick it, keep it, keep it, kick it, keep it, kick it. What are they saying, Zoom? Keep it or kick it. I was early. Keep it or kick it. Keep it or kick it. Keep it or kick it. Keep it, kick it, keep it, kick it, keep it, keep it, kick it, keep it, kick it, keep it, keep it, kick it, keep it, kick it, kick it, keep it, kick it, keep it, kick it, keep it. Ooh. We start with Tor Penderloin. Kick. It ends a keep. Uh, Ashley Kutcher, keep pace foul, kick Gritchy, keep VZ, keep no clue what this is, kick or keep, pardon me, Ryan PM, kick Skookum, Skookum, keep C755, keep Stake of Buns, kick JS604, keep pretty split there, maybe 60 40 for the keepers, yeah, 60 40, I think sounds right. And where would you be on that one, Zoobs? That's a kick to me, I don't think so. I think there's only three months left in this in the year, we're almost done, yeah, we're, it's, we're, it's Wrestle Dreamer bust, right? Word Q, I feel like the Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Torpedo, yeah, just... it's like never going to happen. She's not here. Why show her in the crowd at All In? 
Might have been Tyser. I don't know. I don't know. This is the hey, they should put Pac in a cool feud conversation for me. Yeah. I don't think Pac's in AEW, is he? I don't know. But it's, it's, it's sorry, he's, he's just saying it's the he's just saying it's the same conversation. Uh you thought it would happen in January. Yeah, I think maybe next year. I, I don't think it's never, but I don't think it's happening at the end by the end of this year. We might see her. We might see yeah, her yeah. at Wrestle Dream. She might show up at Wrestle Dream. I don't know that she's wrestling. Uh is there a November pay-per-view? Is there November, December? Yeah, full gear. Yeah, maybe full gear. I don't think so though. I think we would I think we'd it, you know, maybe she day if if the I guess the path is she's at Wrestle Dream and she wrestles at full gear is sort of the path. And I don't think so. I got that. You I'm kicking it too. I think if she has AEW involvement, I could see it on January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, um, yeah, it's almost Wrestle Kingdom season. And Eddie I could Kingston's see... going to have to have a match at Wrestle Kingdom this year. Come on. I hope Wrestle Kingdom is going to be four nights this year. I'm joking. <laughs> I just hope. Do one night Wrestle Kingdom, please. But um, yeah, I could I could almost see because New Japan wants like big women's match. I could just see that happening more than AEW ring right now. But maybe I'm just feeling deflated because I thought she was going to be there tonight. We got an MJF video backstage. He gives a kid his scarf, who in this in the video, uh, and then he whispers in the kid's ear, and MJF goes, "See it, kid," and walks out. Big hero thing. And the kid looks up his dad at his dad and goes, "I'm adopted." Of course, everybody loves MJF in New York. And maybe a Zoobs or, or Slack or someone can hit me up here. But I think MJF is like wearing stuff of every New York sports fan or sports team here, right? I think so, yeah. Pretty and sure. Giants and Yankees and Mets and I don't know if they're Mets, Rangers. Yeah. He had a, but, I think he had a Brooklyn Nets in there. Like he had them all. Knicks. Okay. Yeah. Is that a, a thing, Zoobs? Is that in sports? I feel like that would piss off a city. I was surprised he could get away with that. Well, he's a good he's, – he's like doing the good guy, right? Like you see, you'll see Britt Baker in, in Steelers colors – in Pittsburgh, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty if, if you're doing like the absolute like scraping the bottom of the barrel face baby face stuff that it that plays, yeah. Got it. You'll see you'll see, I think he's an edge and lease gear in his last Toronto rat Toronto match. Right. I just more meant like aren't there rivalries amongst those teams? Yeah, but like Nets you know, it's and Knicks, it, isn't there? It's his, way to, it's his way to sort of do like I love New York, right? It's not sort of his his way of doing like I love everybody, everybody loves me. Actually, because you're saying there was a Joe Green tribute, I you know me, I love Joe Green. Yeah, he was saying that MJF thing. It's also it's also a Bret Hart. It's like a there's a bunch of different uh, little allegories, allusions he was doing there with that uh, backstage segment. Big thickness difference between these two guys as they started to circle one another. There, I noticed <laughs> Samoa Joe is, and we're going to talk about MJF, of course, but Samoa Joe is remarkable. He really is. is remarkable. Samoa Joe has appeared every bit as vicious, every bit as explosive, every bit as impactful, every bit as hard hitting. Virtually every time I've seen him, I'm not joking, since 2004, since the year 2004. And I don't feel tired of it. He doesn't feel overexposed. I don't feel tired of it. And I saw um, that guy Trevor Dame tweet about this, and I know some people like him or don't like him, but I, I really – he put into words what I was thinking too, which is 
I remember the end of his New York career on commentary and like looking sort of listless and heavier and all these rumors of all these injuries. And it's like, man, is Samoa Joe going to go out as like a milk toast commentator for New York? And I just think if you frame tonight's match from that moment and instead of that playing out, he's challenging for a world title while holding another Fed's mid-card title like in front of 10,000 people. And it's like, can he go 20? He's as good as ever, actually. Um, he could have gone 40, I believe. Because Samoa Joe, and do you mind if I just talk here for a sec, Zoobs? Please. I want to point out one really specific spot in this match that surmises what I like about wrestling and is consistent across the wrestlers that I really enjoy. Although I didn't bring it up in Eddie and Claudio's match day. Eddie Kingston does let go of a pin at two. Not really a thing one of my guys. Anyway, um, you got to kick out. Okay. There's a spot in this match for a two count where Samoa Joe lariats MJF and then he hooks his leg and pins for a two. And it just is a more believable, oh, this could actually end here than it should be. Like a lariat hook the leg is not normally something that can end a match. But Samoa Joe means it. He like slumps down on him when it's time to hook him chest to chest after one of the hardest looking lariats ever that the great MJF sell. But it's really is awesome to have huge moves, the power bomb at the end of the Eddie Kingston Claudio match. But man, you can do a lot if you mean it. Like I believe that Samoa Joe is trying to pin him with this lariat. It isn't, you know, sometimes we get into our head with wrestling. It's like, oh, a two count. Why is he even trying to pin them there? Well, if they really look like they're we're really close to pinning them off of anything and they're really trying to, that question never even crosses your mind. It's Samoa Joe is like the greatest wrestler I can think of at embodying exactly that that I like in wrestling. So huge Samoa Joe performance, I thought, tonight. And a uh, if there are people who didn't believe that he still had this in him, nice for him to be able to prove otherwise. Yeah, I mean, main event Joe living up to inch of the of the hype. You said it perfectly there. I think about the like, what is main event Joe in 2023? Uh, 20 years after the after the first year you mentioned there, like 2004 is a long ass time ago. Um, it's it's crazy because sometimes you can know, you know, he can he's been around for so long, and like you said, you've seen so many, you've seen him for so long um you almost expect like is the name outweighing the current guy that he is but not at all he's just he was incredible downright sadistic like um suit like incredible like the 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 stuff to the outside the dvd like man he's just he's just absolutely uh vicious and and huge and i loved the way they 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 did the like it was a very like Man, MJF as a baby face is very like 80s. He's very like 80s yeah, baby face sure. where it's like it's simple Even punches. Yeah, absolutely. It's simple punches and like sleeper holds and like um this was very like a classic undersized champion trying to beat like a guy that's much bigger and stronger than him. How is he gonna do it? Um, I thought it was neat the way they 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 played that. I thought it was uh really impressive. And and, and man, Joe. I'm glad he's able to get his flowers, like you said. I, I just think it's really um, impressive how many guys with the amount of miles that he has on him, you would not want to see. We talk about this all the time with like the is this actually a TNA main event? Like Joe was a guy that was in for all those for all that run. And he's on the, out on the other side of it, like nowhere near where the Hardys are. I don't know they're older than him, but it's just like incredible to see. That he still has he still has so much 
uh, in the tank. No, you're right. They're probably not. They're peers-ish, I feel like, if it's one yeah. way or the other, but they're, they're peers-ish. Um, exposed wood pile drivers, but what I really liked about this match, lots of pile drivers on the show tonight. Not that that's really a big deal. Anyway, um, there's a really nice um, thing. Uh, sorry, a nice compliment I want to pay because we dump on AEW's production constantly for oftentimes very good reason. I thought they did a wonderful job of shooting this like a big match. They did like the lights were like a ring around the ring. It was like a squared circle above the ring. And they did these shots that were very UFC as they were doing the intros, just like in and around MJF and Joe who were staring at each other. And it's almost nice to not go to this well all the time. I'm not saying they should do this all the time. Save it for when you do want to elevate. But credit where it's due, we dump on them a lot. And they they were dead on here. MJF gets the win by basically saying exactly what we do. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to choke Samoa Joe out, which is another thing that MJF seems to be doing, just telling us what he's going to do in the matches and then doing it as a baby face. He uses the tag rope, which Adam Cole covers up for him after the match. He's at ringside, which I thought was fantastic, sticks it in his pocket. But he does cheat to win as a baby face, Eddie Guerrero, sort of, as he chokes out Samoa Joe in New York in what I thought was just a really fantastic title defense. MJF's title run is just chock full of fucking catalog matches man yeah he's been great and not not unexpected um yeah he he does the he, they do they tease the ring thing they, I, I like that they're doing the like you know he's still cheating to win when he absolutely has to and he absolutely has to here against mojo because he's he's overpowered he's over he's oversized he's over experienced like he he has no advantage other than that uh you know he's the dirtiest player in the game and it, it almost cost him right it almost cost yeah. him because joe has no problem low blowing and fucking with the referee. That's that he'll happy to go to that realm. So I thought that was a nice dynamic and I thought it was a great TV title defense. I think it's, it's a great, it's a great um, main event for a big show and felt big. And, and you did enough early in the show with the tease of the like Roddy stuff to have me believe like, yeah, you could, you could reward Joe here and you could, th there's a path. Sure. Um, it did just I enough. Joe could I thought it was, for sure. Yeah. I thought it was just enough. And I thought it was a, a nice cap to a great night, great night of wrestling. Couldn't agree more, Zoobs. Well done, AEW. I thought the, the show was sandwiched with just all-timer wrestling that I love to watch. Yeah. No elite on the card, was there? Don't think so. I think they're all in a tag match on Rampage, is what I think oh, that's they're doing. Good. They're spending time uh, with family. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know what I heard? I, I, this is my bad. The, you know what, Matt, now that you bring that up. I heard that it was Matt Jackson's great aunt's birthday on Sunday, but the rest of the fam couldn't make it till Wednesday. So I, there you go. I actually have to. I apologize. That's on me. There you go. Those are their collision guys now, aren't they? Anyway, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, Somebody's right. got to be. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw last week's collision, I'm not so sure that's true. <laughs> Credit to Zoobs, who who I thought I was gonna be able to have one over on. Was like, oh, you don't you don't want to do a collision show. That show's gonna suck in three months, and it was just like trending, not at all to suck in three months, and then right at the finish line of three months. Although yeah, this week does look great, but would uh, love to see you on there last week. No, you wouldn't. Have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just canceled the show. We Dragon we were streaming opposite on. collision on Saturday. I know. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I and I was. I tell you what, I, I looked up spoilers for one of those two shows, and it certainly wasn't Collision. 
you tuned in to WBCW, of course, tune in Mondays, Monday night program. It's me and Andrew Seaslack right here in the same time slot, seven in the West, 10 in the East, building our dream promotion, Wrestling Brand Championship Wednesday, Tuesdays. You can get in on our podcast feed. It's Comics in the Combat Zone. Comedians Ben Stead and Jordan Desharm are going through Combat Zone Wrestling one pay-per-view at a time. It's terrible. They are hilarious. I actually haven't listened to this week's, but I do know that it has the first light tube shot in CZW history on it. And from what I understand, the camera basically entirely misses it, and uh, you can just <laughs> hear it. So very, very excited to check out this week's episode of uh, Comics. Zoobs, uh, Matt and I aren't doing a post-show show tonight. We knew that uh, this would go very long, so this is just us signing off for all three of us. Um, so for the well, – well, Zoobs, you're wearing a Jays jersey. The Jays are going to the playoffs, I, or are more looking likely to go to the playoffs. It's going to be it's a good the, time to be a less-than-Jays fan. You know, i got to think you and Jake are speaking with passion about this, or at least tweeting with it. It's a crazy time. We just wrote them off. Now we're writing them back on. Um, we wrote them off, and now they haven't lost since, so – that's the way she goes. That's ball. Uh, we'll find out in a week and a half if they're playoff bound or not. That is ball. I'm going to ask you next week how they're doing. How many games between out. this Wednesday and next? Do you know? Seven? No, six. Six. They're not playing Monday. Oh, wow. Okay. And so they need to win half of those or more, I'm guessing? You'd like to win You'd like to win four. Yeah. You'd like yeah, to win all right. Four. Makes sense. Well, let's, let's go Jays and less than Jays. And uh, he's Matt Prince. He's the Zoobs. I'm Josh C. Love and energy. Everybody have a great sleep.